Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. Here we are. I'd like to tell you some odd experiences that I've had with sex workers since I've been in Southeast Asia. It's a little alienating, actually. I'm sure in some parts of Mexico there are probably a lot of sex workers, like probably in the touristic zones, like in La Paz or Cancun. But I've never had to deal with sex workers or to this to this level. Even perhaps in Las Vegas, it's not, not quite as intense. So I seem to spend a lot of time either like trying to avoid them or just trying to chat with them, but make it very clear that I don't want their services. I remember when I was in Bangkok uh, one night looking for a taxi on Sukhumwit Road and suddenly there are a bunch of uh, young beautiful women around me, many of them trying to touch me and uh, at least converse with me and I had to take a few steps back, uh, keep, keep my distance to, to make it clear that, uh, that I wasn't interested. But I did notice that, actually I've, I've noticed in, here in Malaysia as well, it tends to be there are, there are African women and they'll, they'll call you over like, hey baby, or they'll like start touching you but when they touch you, it's not like a normal human touch. Like not like when you, when your lover touches you or something. They they touch you like you might touch a hundred dollar bill, and it's it's a little <laughs> disconcerting. I mean, not all the African ladies are like that, but I wonder if it has something to do with the lack of culture of customer service in in Uganda. I, I don't really know, but. With the, the Thai girls and the Khmer girls and, and the, uh, even the, the Malaysian girls, Filipinas, uh, the v- Vietnamese girls, they, they all have this like delicate sweetness about them. Well, most of them do. Some, some of them come up in, and they're like, hi, I like you. I love you. And you're like, no, you don't. This is <laughs> ridiculous. How do you expect anyone to believe that? Come on, like at least put it. Put a little heart into your performance. Have a little pride in your art in, as, a, as a saleswoman for uh, high-quality merchandise. Uh, this is, uh, well, it's really, as I said, it's quite alienating to, to, to have to deal with this. Um, but as I said, the, the Thai girls, Khmer girls, very sweet. And I think it's a bit of a problem. Because a fellow on my on uh, Steam had pointed out to me, his name is uh, Jai Chai. He pointed out to me that a lot of guys get sucked in, and they think they get they get confused. They think it's not pay to play. Uh, they think it's something more than that, and you really have to set some of your buddies straight sometimes. So I, I asked a, a couple of my friends about this. People have had friends who traveled in, in Southeast Asia and, and some of them get sucked right in and they're like sending thousands of dollars to this girl in Pattaya every month. Uh, and a Norwegian fellow that I met last night was telling me how somehow his, his first time in Asia, he, he met a young lady, um, not for her services or not, not trying to fall in love or something, just, just friends, I suppose. And somehow he got the job as, of her uh, de facto translator. And it came out like 
he's helping him write all these letters, translating from from Bahasa into English, writing maybe five, you know five letters a week or five letters a month to five separate different gentlemen from different parts of the world, sending money. And he said that sometimes when it came time to to break it off, then that's when the lies start coming out and this this girl would start saying, oh, I'm pregnant, you can leave me, but please don't leave my child. I know you can't leave your child, all this kind of stuff. Crazy. And so I said to him, well, it's kind of lucky. I mean, you spent all that time, you probably spent, it sounds like you spent maybe hundreds of hours translating for this uh, young lady. At the same time, it was a very worthwhile investment because after that, there was no way he could ever make the mistake <laughs> of falling for a, a, a girl and just uh, falling into the trap of sending her money as if as some substitute for love or presence. So he, he told me as well, this, this Norwegian fellow, that one of his colleagues, even an experienced traveler, a fellow probably 60 or 70 years old, seen at all, seen all over the world, after a couple of delicate heartbreaks, he got sucked into that trap as well. So it seems like nobody is immune. So you need you need to be careful. I mean, I, I tend to spot a gold digger pretty quick, but I need to, <laughs> I guess I, for, for me and for probably for, for many men, uh, if you see someone in, in need, you, you want to help and that can get you into a lot of trouble sometimes. So, you, of course, it's good to have a big heart, but you need to be careful. And you need, you need to be careful who you help and also how much you invest because, I mean, sometimes helping people, if it's a small amount, it, it, <laughs> maybe it doesn't matter so much if, if you mistake their character. The other night in Phnom Penh in Cambodia, I was walking with my buddy Doug and walking in, I think it's street... 142, I think, and walking along the street is full of bars and backpacker hostels and, and things, and it's kind of a, a nice place, but it's also, shall we say, a little colorful. So there's uh, girls on both sides of the road trying to lure us into girly bars and signs saying sexy dances and, and stuff like that, and I'm walking around uh, trying to take this all in. Uh, I've never seen something quite like that before and there's uh, the, these girls waving at us and, and hollering at us and I, I wave back and you know ask, ask them how they're doing and this sort of thing uh, two ladies or I think I believe lady boys took a particular interest in us and, and were very emphatic uh, we kept walking got to that riverside and then turned around and walked back to go to a rooftop bar but as we were in, in the middle of the road, it's kind of where you have to walk, you can't walk on the side, on the, on the footpath in Phnom Penh, there's just not enough room. So walking in the middle of the street and there's like a car on one side and, and like a ice cream stand or a, a kebab stand on the other side and walking, uh, we're, we're kind of a little boxed in by, the, by this street already, there's just a couple of meters of, of street to walk in and I start get the feeling something is wrong I turn around and there's like one lady boy coming up behind us and another one coming up in front of us and I'm like oh shit we're gonna get 
cornered by lady boys. In that moment, I actually feared for my life because uh, it seemed like they were they were closing in. They were, but it wasn't as bad as as uh, I feared. It was just that this uh, young lady decided to come up and take me in my noblest regions. Uh, so I said, oh, thank you. Uh, nice, nice to meet you, but I have to be going. Uh, have a great night. Bye. And I walked off very briskly with, with Doug. And <laughs> Doug was like, I never see that happen before. I said, it was probably pretty lucky that I didn't react badly and slug a one. Um, not that that's really in my nature, but who knows what's going to happen once when, when someone fears for their life. Lucky that didn't happen. Lucky I didn't do that. Lucky I exercised restraint. Because if I hadn't, I might have had a mob of 10 or 20 angry ladyboys jumping on top of me. Lynch mob style. Bam, bam, bam. Tearing me apart. Who knows what could have happened. Um, it might sound like I'm exaggerating, but this is... This is some of these kinds of things happen in Cambodia. Um, Doug told me... A, a few times, well, a lot of times, he sees like these films, these videos recorded by mobile phone, where a, someone tries to steal a motorcycle, and suddenly a mob forms and just takes this guy apart, and uh, that guy pr probably might not live to see another day. This, so this kind of thing happens. So. Lucky, luckily, I didn't react badly. I kept my cool, even with the stranger's uh, fingers around my nuts. And <laughs> that was uh, definitely an un unusual experience. <laughs> so I, I lived, uh, I lived to, to see another day. And that was, uh, yeah, that was in Cambodia. Then here last night in KL in Kuala Lumpur, I was out on Changkat Road and I was watching this this young lady, um, well, about 30 years old or so, I suppose, Vietnamese, and I noticed her, like, she waved at me a couple of times, she was sitting at this table and that table, but always alone, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's just a, a young lady going out on her own, or is that... A sex worker, and I thought it's probably probably a sex worker. Um, so I I didn't uh, I didn't go over to chat to her. But at one stage in the night, things started to get nuts, just bananas. There were, all of a sudden there were these three or four dudes grabbing this woman by the hair and pu pulling her off, like one on each side, trying to trying to grab her and manhandle her into a, a car. And I was like, what What the hell is going on here? Uh, the Norwegian fellow that I was with, that I, that I mentioned, Life, uh, got up and started trying to talk them down. Uh, and he said, he told me later, well, you know, I have the, the advantage. I can speak Bahasa and, and Chinese and then a few few languages. So it helps, helps me communicate in those tough situations. I think it's, it's also, of course, we have the privilege of being foreigners, so, so there's not necessarily as much risk of getting beaten up by, by thugs because people want to 
protect the tourist industry. So we use that to uh, our advantage. Uh, but when I saw this happening, life up there talking to these guys, uh, trying to trying to persuade them to let go of the girl or whatever, uh, I got up and I, I, uh, my intention was to tell life just to get out of there and like don't get involved in that business because he might get hurt. But in the in the end, I, I when I got up, I couldn't do that. The humanity was just too overwhelming, and I was trying to settle these guys down as well and not like uh <laughs> drunkenly naively saying to them brother you know this is a, a place of peace right uh, and it's kind of funny because i'm saying this 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 thing it's a it's a little bit crazy i guess but these these guys employed as thugs as as goons but they didn't contradict me they didn't say no this is a <laughs> this is a violent place or something like that they kind of nodded their heads and kind of ag agreed with me um, at least they didn't disagree as uh, unusual in that moment i was thinking of this the famous story about emperor norton emperor of the united states and protector of mexico uh, the historical figure uh, respected as the as the emperor of the united states within san francisco and there's a famous story where he saw two gangs, I think it was like an Asian gang and a, or two, two Asian gangs perhaps in the middle of the street about to have a, a full-on brawl. And he, he did the only logical thing that, that the Emperor of the United States could do in that moment. He walked between the two gangs, got down on his knees and started saying the Lord's Prayer. And within a few minutes, the crowds had dispersed. But that was the kind of uh, crazy uh, idol that I was thinking of in that in that moment. Anyway, uh, I, unfortunately, I don't quite have the faith of Emperor Norton, but I'm I'm working on it. Uh, the, uh, the the young lady ended up get, running off into another bar. I, I after the thugs had left for a minute, I, I took her shoes and brought them into her. Try to give her twenty ringgit to take a taxi home or or something, but she just wouldn't accept it. Um, she said that these guys used to be her bosses, or she, she said actually she used to work for them, and now she's trying to go out on her own, and they, they don't like it, obviously. I think what I pieced together later, this is probably a human trafficking ring, and this is like the underbelly. I mean, you come to KL, it looks nice. It looks modern, very civilized, but... There are things going on beneath the surface uh, that you know people in a Muslim country, a conservative country, don't don't necessarily want to talk about or face. People were saying we should call the cops. Other people were saying the cops don't care. This this is the kind of thing that they stay out of because uh, they're probably receiving police entertainment. That is, they're getting bribed every month. Is that? shouldn't speak too loudly about this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to step on someone's toes. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember the, the young lady was brutalized. She was bleeding from the nose. I guess probably no serious injuries, but uh, I had some blood all over my hands and I was like, mm, might have to get tested for hepatitis later. But <laughs> in any case, uh, she... she she uh, wasn't seriously injured and we left the bar pretty quickly after that. I urged the Norwegian guys that 
maybe we shouldn't be hanging around in a place where thugs have seen us and recognize us. So that was absolutely bananas, absolutely crazy go nuts. But in the end, no, you know, I wasn't hurt. My Norwegian friends weren't hurt. The, the young lady wasn't damaged too bad. People ask me sometimes, uh, when I see things like this, doesn't it affect my faith in humanity? And I say, no, actually, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't negatively affect my, my faith in humanity. What I saw was a bunch of strangers. So there was a, a Danish fellow as well, an old, old fellow trying to get in the way and st stop them attacking the young woman. Uh, just st strangers come out of nowhere trying to trying to help someone because they they couldn't help they could they couldn't deny their own humanity and just like i said like my intention was to get, get up and pull life away or you know move, move him out of the situation but in, in that moment i couldn't resist but help uh, that and that is how good goodness is that is how irrepressible humanity is so situations like this i'd say yes it's, it definitely affirms my faith in humanity and i hope you can find that kind of interpretation too when you see something which might be scary or uncomfortable thanks so much for listening have a great day uh saludos desde malasia kuala lumpur have a good one